Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to have an extended conversation about President Donald Trump. First, we're going to talk about how he is angering our allies and embracing dictators. Uh, And then we're going to talk about how trade factors into all of that. Think of all of the headlines that have come out in the last seven days alone about the way that the president wants to turn foreign policy on its head and change the way that we deal with our trading partners. So you're going to want to stay tuned to that conversation. It'll get started at about half past the hour. But first, for years, Michigan Central Station has haunted the neighborhoods of Corktown and Mexican Town, looming as a testament to a number of things, including Detroit's greatness, its failings, its outsized personality, and its complicated infrastructure. The train station, which last handled passengers in the late 1980s, had become a sign, an international sign even, of the city's problem with vacancy and abandonment, and a symbol of the challenges that Detroit could just never seem to wrap its arms around. And the Maroon family, owners of the station as well as the Ambassador Bridge to Canada, presided over the station's long decay and ruin. But Monday marked the beginning of perhaps a new chapter for Michigan Central Station and maybe for the city as a whole. The Maroon family announced that Ford Motor Company had bought the building, presumably to anchor its new high-tech automotive presence in Corktown. For many people, this was an unimaginable turn, and I have to include myself among those. Think of the various plans that have been floated for this behemoth building in the past, a casino, police headquarters, and of course, it was threatened many times with the wrecking ball. None of those things came to pass over three decades of emptiness, and it seemed at times as the station was doomed for permanent limbo and rot. So now that there's a realistic future being laid out for Michigan Central Station, what should Detroiters be expecting? Here to talk about Monday's big news is Kirk Pinho. He is a reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. He has been covering this story. Kirk, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. So uh, what do we know about this sale? How much did the Fords uh, pay for Michigan Central Station? And what do they plan to do with it? Well, they're not saying how much they paid for it yet. Um, it's at some point in time it'll be it will be made public, but we uh-huh. do, we, ju- we just don't know yet. But yes, it is um, widely expected to be the anchor to a Corktown campus for for Ford. And and what that Corktown campus looks like now, I've been in uh, the building a little further down uh, Michigan Avenue toward downtown that they have redone. Uh, they're mm-hmm. moving part of their autonomous vehicle research into this area. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, um, autonomous and, and electric vehicles. They, they have a building that's about forty or forty-five thousand square feet at Michigan, and I believe it's Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks uh, call, yeah. called the called the factory, and that that became public about six months ago that they were going to be taking that building and putting about two hundred, maybe two hundred twenty-five employees in there. But obviously, the train station is. 10 or 11 times bigger than than the factory itself. And that really does raise questions about what they want to do with it. I mean, you could move all of Ford headquarters in Dearborn, I would think, into Michigan Central Station. Uh, If you think of the size, the sheer size of of that building, clearly they don't plan to do that. So I, I think 
one of the things that's probably on people's minds is, well, what else do you do with all that space? Who else might come with them to that spot? What would the first floor, for instance, sure. uh, be like? Uh, and then you can sort of imagine maybe uh, Detroit getting some of the things that other cities have with train stations like that. Think of Kansas City mm-hmm. uh, or Washington, D.C., where I spent a long time uh, working. Union Station, of course, is sort of a model for sure. that mix of public and private uh, mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Um, what, what happens with 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 the concourse is, isn't entirely known yet. Ford's supposed to make um, make public its its intentions for for the neighborhood um, almost a, a week from now um, on Tuesday, I believe at 10 or 11 a.m. So mm-hmm. we're we're creeping up on it here. Yeah. Um, but with regards to what exactly they plan on doing, doing with the, I mean, it's not, it's not quite big enough to, to fit all of Ford's employees. Well, if, if, if you, if you take um, just sort of like a general real, real estate estimate of like 150 to maybe 200 square feet per employee, uh-huh. which is sort of the rule of thumb, you're, you're, you could very easily be looking at a couple thousand people. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and do we think that's the intention to, to bring that number of Employees into the city in that location. Well, uh, the the exact number is 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 not known. You know, obviously they've got about two hundred in, in that other building. Uh-huh. You know whether. You know whether the two hundred is fa- is factored in there, they, and also keep in mind that they got the book depository uh, immediately to the to the west. I want to say uh-huh. of, I think that's of, right. of the train station. So you know how that building is used. They've gotten some other properties that'll be just north of uh, Bobcat Bonnie's and the Detroit Athletic Company. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a lot of property assembly going on there. So when when it comes to exactly how much space they're they're, they're going to be using and what else they're going to be building, that's not known yet. Yeah. But we should find out in about a week. If not, if not sooner. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Kirk Pinhoe. He's a reporter who covers real estate for Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about yesterday's big news about Michigan Central Station, uh, the building that has been haunting Corktown and Mexican Town for about three decades with its steady decline. Uh, the, the Maroon family, which owns the station or used to own the station, announced yesterday that Ford Motor Company has bought it and intends to make use of the structure as opposed to just sitting on it uh, as an empty structure waiting for something to happen. Uh, this is big news in the city of Detroit. This is big development news, uh, even just from a symbolic standpoint. Think of the uh, the images of Detroit that include the train station. Think of the things that people think about us around the country and how the train station, the empty train station, plays into uh, that image. What do you think of Ford taking this over? What do you think of the idea of the Maroons stepping away from that property? Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's, number, that's uh, 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Also call and tell us what you think should happen to that not just to the building, but to the entire sort of campus there. I mean, you've got uh, Michigan Central Station. You've got uh, the park out in, in front of it. Uh, you've got many other buildings around there. What should that be used as here in the city of Detroit? What would make a difference for Corktown uh, and Mexican Town and the other neighborhoods that are nearby? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, Kirk, how long might it take... Uh, for them 
to make this into a functional building. Uh, the Maroons uh, have done some of the initial work. Sure. Uh, they've sealed it up with windows uh, recently. Uh, and I think there were some efforts to, to sort of clean up the inside. Is this something we could see in a year, in two years, in five years? What what would that look like? Well, uh, it it, it kind of depends um, on, on a whole host of factors. I mean, it you know, all else being equal, the project could probably be done in like 24 months or something yeah. like that. Maybe, maybe two and a half years, really sort of depending upon the the level that Ford goes to, but we also have to consider the fact that you know th- this could very easily qualify for tax incentives. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The transformational brownfield stuff, depending upon the the exact scope of the the the, the campus project, mm-hmm. could very feasibly be north of five hundred million, which which would be qualifying for these new these new incentives that were put on the books last year. So yeah. there's only a certain number of projects per year that the state can allocate, and uh, I believe it's one, one per city, and Dan Gilbert already got it. So would Ford wait until 2019? You know, that, that all remains to be seen. But mm-hmm. from just like a pure construction standpoint, it could probably be done in like 24 months, you know, you know 30 months, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, put this in the context of Detroit's real estate uh, picture. That's what you cover uh, at, at Cranes, sure. uh, this was a big piece of real estate that, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, had an effect on lots of other real estate around it, uh, dragging it down in general sure. over over the last couple of decades. Um, what what kind of impact could this have as a functional building on everything around it? Sure. Well, I mean, if 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 you consider the fact that yeah, it has been sitting there for three decades, essentially dragging everything down. Um, when when the news first broke a couple months ago that Ford was in the process of purchasing and eventually redeveloping the building, like we heard we heard anecdotal evidence that mm-hmm. um, prices of real estate in the neighborhood shot up ex- exponentially. Yeah. You know, literally within a matter of about twenty four hours. Right. Um, so what? And that's just like commercial property. When you talk talking about rentals for apartments mm-hmm. or for for mm-hmm. housing uh, it's it's going to have sort of a, a almost a seismic impact when you talk about the no, the number of people from Ford that could be moving down there and not to mention the fact that the 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 multifamily rental and uh, for sale market is doing really well right now mm-hmm. in, in in the city and in, in in a lot of neighborhoods there's mm-hmm. uh, but Corktown is one of those neighborhoods correct right? yeah i mean it's a, it's a, it's always generally been considered one of the one of the more stable neighborhoods in the city and not to mention the fact that there are two other very large Developments that were coming even before that, which is the one that Tony Suave is doing, which has several hundred apartments, mm-hmm. and the one that Eric Larson's doing over at the old Tiger Stadium site, which has north of a hundred apartments there. Wow. So, um, in the next three to five years, Cork, Corktown's going to look a whole lot different than it currently does. Yeah. Uh, also, put this in the context of the Maroon family. Uh, I was saying uh, to someone yesterday that in the years that that I've been, you know, covering Detroit and and uh, real estate in Detroit, uh, thinking and writing about it. Uh, the Maroons have always been known as buyers and holders. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think yesterday of another instance of them selling a significant property uh, to anyone. And and so I wonder, uh, I wonder if this marks a turn in the strategy that they are using to deal with. With real estate, I mean, they are among the largest private uh, property owners uh, in the city. Sure, is this the beginning of uh, a different approach to that to those holdings? That that very well could be. Um, just honestly, and and frankly, I'm not aware of them really 
unloading or selling off of a, a substantial asset that that they have ever in right? in, in, in the time that I've been covering yeah. certainly yeah um, they're not sellers generally no and you know just relatively recently within the last six or nine months they picked up a, a very a very large property down in Trenton the McLeod Steel site mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, they are more traditionally buyers and holders rather than sellers and you know things like that so mm-hmm. whether what whether they've um, you know turned a new leaf and shifted strategy on their overall real estate holdings that sort of remains to be seen although you know they have sold you know pr- for a couple of them not just the train station but again the book depository too. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's listen quickly here to uh, some folks in the Corktown neighborhood reacting to yesterday's announcement that the train station has been sold to Ford Motor Company. And as always, again, the number on the phones if you want to join the conversation. Tell us what you think about this sale. Tell us what you think about potential development of that property. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's listen to what folks in Corktown had to say about this. Nita Smith slows. I think it'll have an impact on downtown. Downtown's already on a rise. I just hope that it trickles down to the neighborhoods that need it. But it's good that the auto industry is coming back after leaving. (laughs) My name is Deshaun McClinton. You know, I'm in pursuit of a PR degree. I think it's always a good sign because it's going to attract a lot of new people to the area, as well as those that are established, like myself, who own property so it's good for all the owners who have maintained throughout those bleak years. Kristen Hurley. I am a social worker. I live in Hubbard Richard so I live right by the church so it's like I can see it from my window. I just think it should be a community and space for everybody and it should be somewhere everybody can afford to live. Um, and you know my mom always says you know why is it that when I live here, the neighborhood can't be made nice? Like, why am I not good enough for the neighborhood to be developed and improved? You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see what actually happens. My name is John Caruana. I'm retired. I used to work for GM at Cadillac Motors. I've been here now in this neighborhood 50 years. And uh, I've seen the best of times in it, you know, we used to go there and everything. And then you see it being destroyed and ransacked. And now I hope for, I know Ford will bring it back. It's going to bring jobs, going to bring taxes to the city, you know. So hopefully, hopefully the city will use that money for something good for the neighborhoods. But uh, yeah, I think it will displace some people that can afford the rent. I think that would bring the rent up. So. That might hurt some people that way, you know, but but it's uh, progress, you can step progress, you know. Andre Jenkins, I'm retired. The way they're building downtown up, I think it'll be a nice addition to it. Uh, I would make an observatory on top of it to look at the downtown area, but I think it's wonderful. The building's beautiful and with the windows in it right now, it's, it's beautiful right now. Uh, I didn't get to see it growing up. I like to see it, uh, what they're going to do with it. Ford has built part of this city, so uh, I feel glad that it's one of the, uh, one of the uh, motor companies. That was a roundup of folks in the Corktown neighborhood talking yesterday about the announcement that the Maroon family has sold Michigan Central Station to the Ford Motor Company. And we're waiting to learn more about what 
Ford might do for that building uh, and that neighborhood. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And my guest is Kirk Pinho, a reporter who covers real estate for Crane's Detroit Business. We are talking about yesterday's announcement uh, about Michigan Central Station. If you want to join the conversation, as always, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Dan, who is commuting to Detroit. Dan, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, uh, hey yeah, obviously Ford had a master plan for Dearborn, and this uh, they have to throw that out <clears throat> with this plan. And, and obviously they're they're looking to recruit younger employees in a, in a trendier location. I'm wondering if that's going to affect General Motors. Is, is General Motors going to look antiquated in their atrocity of a building that's the Renson. I, I take a lot of meetings <laughs> in the Renson, and uh, it's awful. It's still bad, even after all the renovations. Oh, it, it no. Looks, it's just... <laughs> Dan, it's so much better, though. It's still an ice yeah. on the, on the, on the uh, skyline. And, mm. and I just imagine if the Renson was on the other side of Jefferson, how much life that would bring to the downtown floor, uh, you know, even more than it, than it does now. Uh, Dan, so I was, I was actually motor. just, just, just yesterday, I had a conversation with somebody uh, about an upcoming conference here in Detroit and the fact that it's going to be at the Renaissance Center. And I said, you know, think of how different la- that would look, how differently uh, that would that would interact with the city if that building were on the other side of Jefferson. You're not wrong. Uh, at the same time, I, I want to give GM some credit for what they've done to the Rensen. Uh, you know, the Riverside uh, atrium that they've built and the plaza out front is an effort, I think, to make it a little more accessible to the public. But I, but but I think he raises a good point about mm-hmm. uh, the intentions here and whether Ford maybe. You know, intends to 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 make that kind of footprint in Detroit the same way GM did. That's sort of iron, ironic, also because it was the Fords who built the Rensen right. uh, back in the seventies. But but is that what they're thinking here? Is that they could have that kind of presence that GM does? Um, I don't know about on on that scale, uh, and it, it's sort of contingent um, on what what we learn about what's going to happen to their Dearborn campus. Because mm-hmm. a couple years ago, they revealed um, that they're investing, you know, a billion plus dollars into it over the course of 10 years to make in it Dearborn, to, right. in Dearborn, correct, to make it more attractive to younger workers. And plus a lot of those buildings are just old to begin with um, and to ma- make it more walkable, more, more hip and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But do they have to scale back their, their, their plans for Dearborn in order to accommodate the Corktown plans? We don't, we don't know the answer to that yet. Yeah. So yeah. it is good to see Ford though, deal back into the city, uh, that birthed the company, and and in in whatever they end up doing with it, it'll be a pretty significant way. Right. Uh, let's go to Tess in Detroit. Tess, welcome to Detroit today. I live in Northwest Detroit, mm-hmm. and I was thinking of the hi- historic nature of the building, and the fact that it was a train station, and I wonder if the infrastructure the rails or the depot could play a role in the discussion of regional transit. Hmm. You know, of yeah. whether uh, uh, Ford, you know, which is already in the transportation business, could be a leader in in the discussion of a regional transit that has its vortex, of course, in Detroit, but still can radiate reaches out, yeah. throughout the the region. Test. I think that's a great question. Um, 
it was a train station. There are still tracks sure. behind it. I, I would imagine that Ford would at least have to consider whether to reignite that part of uh, the building, given its connection to Dearborn, which is just Correct. down the road, and then to Ann Arbor, where, of course, uh, it's heavily involved in right. some autonomous vehicle research and things as well. Yeah. That could connect to the regional transit conversation, I would think. Sure. I've, I've had some sources just sort of ca- casually throw out there, and they, they don't have any any you know, firsthand knowledge of this, but like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, along Michigan Avenue, Ford put, you know, a little light rail line connecting, mm-hmm. you know, Dearborn to Corktown sure. and then, you know, back out to Ann Arbor, getting to the airport, that, that sort of thing. We And to be clear, I, I have no indication that that's, that that's the plan, <laughs> but right. um, it, it would certainly be part part of the overall conversation if, if something like that was actually in the works. We just don't know if it is yeah. or not. And it would be huge to have a player as big as Ford with that kind of self-interest involved sure. in in the transit uh, conversation. Tess, thanks for the question. Let's go to Albert in Southfield. Al- Albert, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Uh, as I told your um, screener, I have a problem with Ford, Wayne State, owning everything in Detroit. They've always been in it. They, they, they pay their dues on the rides, everything else. I'm cool with that. But I am concerned about the little guy who wants to own something like a Cooley uh, High School, which is a, a company that's trying to buy it now. Mm-hmm. was trying to buy it last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called Cooley Rehearse, a reuse project. Yeah. And it turned out that they had a deal going into July last year. And for some reason, Superintendent decided the new one, that it was not going to happen. And this, he had two murders there, I heard, the last month or so. So I want to, what is it? These corporations walking in, and I, I'm not problem. I have no problem for it. Mm-hmm. But but what is what the little guy wants to own prop, property in his own neighborhood? The person that's trying to buy that property had the money. This will move into Lila's Keys and live in the same exact neighborhood. So what is a, a little guy supposed to do? Right. You know, when these big uh, deals going through. Yeah, it's a great question, Albert, uh, and and thanks for for calling and asking. Uh, you know, I think Kirk. W- one of the things that this news revives is that that narrative about whose Detroit this is and who's going to participate in in its rebirth. Uh, right. It, it it falls, I think, in some ways to companies like Ford to help answer that question when they make these kinds of investment. I, you know, it's it's a day into this, and so we haven't heard from them, but. But as someone who covers real estate, talk about that tension around big company versus small company, outsider versus insider, how easy it is to get stuff done in the city of Detroit right now. Right. Well, there's there's actually been a, a lot of smaller devo- development players. Um, and when I say smaller, they're still like decent size, uh-huh. but um, certainly no long, uh, not not on the scale that, you know, Ford or Dan Gilbert or the, or the Illich family uh-huh. has. Um, think of, you know, the platform or Broder Saxe or, you know, any number of other ones that have been making inroads into, into doing projects in and around downtown over the course of the last couple of years. It hasn't just been um, you know the head of Quicken Loans, or the head of you know the the owners of the 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 Red Wings and the Tigers that that have that have been doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a lot of attention, certainly, be, just because of the size of their holdings um, in a very specific and concentrated area or areas. Uh, but there have been you know a lot of other smaller players, and even ones that are smaller than the, you know the two that I brought up, the you know the platform or Broder Saxe that mm-hmm. that have been um, pulling off some some interesting projects over the course of the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. they, and you know we we 
we've covered we've covered them. But yeah, Ford, you know, Ford would be a very large landowner in the city, but also General Motors is as well. You yeah. know, think of the think of how big the, how big the the Rensen is exactly, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. much property they have going to the east of it. Yeah. Um, the, there's the, there's there's a lot of room for you know people to get involved in involved in the real estate action. Although you know it's it's probably not going to be in downtown, and it's probably not going to be in in Midtown or, yeah. you know, the area just north of downtown where the ocean I mean, that's are. one of the so. things that's really hard about this is that for so long, it was very easy mm-hmm. to get hold of parcels in downtown or Midtown. Uh, and that is not the way other cities work. I mean, that was because Detroit had emptied out so much and there sure. wasn't much investment interest. As that investment interest regrows, it it makes it this look a lot more like other cities. I mean, go try to buy a, a, a building in downtown Chicago or even sure. downtown Cleveland. Uh, it'd be very difficult. Detroit may be headed toward more of that kind of normal. Well, well, and th- think about what, what Gilbert called it a couple of years ago. He said Detroit was having a skyscraper sale, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which, which is an interesting interesting yes. way of phrasing it. But, I mean, he he, he, he wasn't wrong yeah. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he had the, he had the money and he had the desire to, and he came in at the right time, in order to buy all these things on the cheap. Yeah. Um, no one else really had that at that point in time, and and certainly the the, the capacity and the and the desire, whereas he did. Yeah, and uh, the money to make those choices matter in the sense of investing in the buildings to correct. to get them occupied and and back functioning. Yeah, and he employed he employed the people to fill them. Yes. You know, he, you know, what was it, seventeen hundred when he brought them down here in yeah. 2010, 2011, something mm-hmm. like that, and now he's like literally ten times the size of that. Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's it, downtown is basically his. Yeah. Um. He's gonna he's gonna have to start selling things if people want to get in on the action. But I don't see any indication that he's gonna be doing that anytime soon. Yeah. Okay, Kirk Penho, reporter. Who covers real estate for Cranes Detroit Business. Thanks very much for joining us here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Up next, we're going to talk about the strange turn we have taken in this country where we insult our allies and embrace foreign dictators. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out entirely. You can download the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Thank you.